This is a HeadGum Podcast. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Cheryl. Tig. I would prefer to not waste much time because I feel like you want to waste time and I just would prefer to not do that. I like to get right to it. You know me. I want to get right to it. I am dying to talk about Amanda Knox. I have so many questions for you. I've got so many thoughts. And yet not one answer. You have a lot of questions. You have no answers. That's absolutely false. Here's what's exciting about this episode. Amanda Knox is listening to this. Let's get into it. (laughs) Let's get into it. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. I am the first ever podcast. And Tig and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Cheryl. Tig. We've um, we've done it again. Yeah. yeah, we're doing it. We promised. We suggested and we followed up on it. We're doing it again. We're doing it again. We did it again. We are doing it and did it. Yeah, we're about to do it. I cannot wait to talk about this. Well, let's wait no further. Great. Amanda Knox. Amanda Knox. Uh, now I saw this on Netflix. This was this is a documentary that was on Netflix. Go ahead. Yes, and I I saw it probably a couple years ago, and we were going to do it for the show, and I thought I don't need to rewatch that, and then I thought I probably should rewatch that. A little refresher, especially since it's such a serious topic. I didn't yeah. want to go in and just make assumptions and jokes and. Not right. have correct information. <laughs> not that I always have correct information. I mean, this is a comedy podcast. Right. Please but don't, you don't anyone forget. Yeah. I don't want to be <laughs> dead wrong. Okay. Oh, awkward <laughs> choice of words. So, mm, so I rewatched it. And yes, yeah. I am so glad that I rewatched it. Tig, I thought that I had watched this because I felt like I had seen everything there was about Amanda Knox. Were you obsessed with the case when it was Yeah. Going? Oh, okay. Yes. I, I, and I still can't believe it. So I... What can't you believe? I, I can't believe any of it. It is 
beyond comprehension for me. What's crazy is I thought I had seen this documentary. And then when I started watching this, I felt like you. I was going to watch it again just to refresh. And I realized I had not seen this (laughs) Netflix documentary. I don't know how I missed it. It is so good. Yeah. Okay. So Amanda Knox is a 2016 documentary directed by Rod Blackhurst and Brian McGinn. It chronicles the years-long battle and media circus surrounding American study abroad student Amanda Knox, who was accused by Italian authorities of murdering her British roommate. The film includes interviews with Amanda, her Italian boyfriend at the time of the murder, the lead prosecutor, and members of the press. So Amanda Knox premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival and was nominated for an Emmy in the documentary category. It is distributed by Netflix. That's all true. So that's our jumping off. That's our jumping mm-hmm. off point. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So, so Amanda Knox goes to Italy... To study abroad. Was she like a lost searching kind of person, would you say? Didn't quite know who she was and and thought maybe she'd find herself in Italy and get away from her world where she, where people knew her as this quirky kind of, and she is quirky. She is quirky, which does not work in her favor. Well, especially the way that the, um, the documentary, the way it tees everything up in the beginning yeah, they do a really good job of um, making a case against her out of the gate because right. you're like, this is a quirky weirdo, <laughs> and that's what how I felt. Maybe you felt differently, but I was watching it thinking, "All right, quirky, dirty do." I know. I don't, I don't know what if, that is. If but... she, you just you're watching her and you're wishing, oh, can you just act normal for a second so people can the not think no. you're a murderer, <laughs> right? Um, so what's great about this documentary is Amanda Knox is is interviewed in it. She's mm-hmm. she's it's almost shocking. It's almost shocking yeah, that she's, that she's in this there movie. talking about it. Yeah. Um, so let's just hear her voice because she starts the whole documentary with her opening statement. If I'm guilty, it means that I am the ultimate figure to fear because I'm not the obvious one. But on the other hand, if I'm innocent, it means that everyone's vulnerable. And that's everyone's nightmare. Either I'm a psychopath in sheep's clothing, or I am you. You know, it's so interesting. There's so much put on her look that she's this attractive person and and everybody feels Not everybody, obviously. There's people that think she's guilty. There's people that think she's innocent. But there's this assumption that if you're attractive, that your bones formed the way that they did, and that you got the hairstyle that you you got, you couldn't possibly murder somebody. Well, okay. You're, I mean, you're right. Look at Ted Bundy. He was attractive. It's hard to think of him as attractive because he was so... Well, it depends on what your taste is, I guess. Uh, tall, I mean, dark, and handsome. I guess if you... You run off with Ted Bundy, I run off with Amanda, with Amanda Knox. Knox. and we all lived happily ever. What would you do if I called you and I said, things with Stephanie are off and I 
have started a romance with Amanda Knox. Uh, Could we join you and Bobby for dinner? I wouldn't hate it. Okay. I mean, it would be entertaining. I okay. I have nothing against Amanda Knox. But wait a minute. So you just throw Stephanie? Just, oh, well, I would. Like, of course, I would ask. I'll let her know that you were just immediately. <laughs> I wouldn't well, hate it. I know. I call you and I say Stephanie and I have split I up and I'm now dating Amanda Knox. Can we come over for dinner? And your response is, "Well, I don't hate it." <laughs> That sounds entertaining. Well, I thought we were skipping. Not where are the kids? I thought we would skip all of that. I thought for this, the sake of this, uh, you know, question that clearly things didn't work out with you and Stephanie. Uh-huh. She probably got tired of your bullshit and left and found. Uh-huh. I, but this is what, what I was thinking. Ran off with Ted Bundy. <laughs> Ran off with Ted Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> they were living happily ever after. With my children. <laughs> Um, and Amanda and I are doing IVF trying to get. Thank <laughs> oh God. Anyway, okay, this is really taking a. It's a dark. We've taken a dark turn already. Okay. Oh, uh, we're taking a dark turn. I feel like Netflix took a dark. And turn? this whole Amanda Knox situation took dark turns before we even stepped in. Well, and suggested that I'm dating Amanda Knox. You know who took a dark turn? Who? Italy. 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 Italy took a dark turn. I mm. mean, I... But Italy is known for taking dark turns. They're very corrupt. Ooh. The police, I think they're known to be To be corrupt. wild cards. Like, you're not going to tell corrupt. us. Corrupt. Okay. Okay. I heard you the first... I think... Yeah. Well, it time. sounds like you didn't. Well, I think, you know, listen, who's listening to this podcast? I don't want to be... Uh... Thousands of people. <laughs> There could be one Italiano out there that's uh, listening and Mamma mia, a <laughs> meatball. Okay. That's the other thing. Speaking of meatballs, yes. Netflix, the director's, <gasps> um, you know, showing her cutting up meat. Oh my god! Meatballs. I needed to talk to you about that. That was bizarre. Oh, okay. What is going on with these documentaries when people are being accused of murder, and then the the yeah the documentarian then shows them working around in meat with meat and there's knives. a head boiling in a pot okay so let, let's just break it down for a second and this is definitely break it down i'm, I'm, I'm gonna break it down this is okay. definitely a, a spoiler people mm-hmm. people know this right yeah okay and if they don't they'll live through okay this. they probably know or this. will they <laughs> the italianos okay listen so amanda knox Goes to this charming mm-hmm. little town in Italy. Yeah. What's the name of the town? Yes. I'm sure I'm going to mispronounce it. Um, Italy town. <laughs> charming Italy town. Italy town. Full of meatballs. <laughs> no. Yes, no. But anyway, so she goes there and she moves in with this British girl who's also, I think they were both 20. Yeah. She fell in love with this cute kid, Raphael. But they dated five days? Yeah, it was a week. It, like, started with a date, yeah. and then there was a murder? That's right. That's part of wow. the... That is crazy. You know what's even also crazy huh. is when she described herself as quirky, <laughs> um, like Xena Warrior Princess. Yeah. I didn't understand that. Because I know Lucy Lawless personally, and I worked for mm-hmm. her. And I worked for the show Xena Warrior mm-hmm. Princess. 
That's all. Oh, and you don't think Xena wore your princess's quirky? I guess. That's not the word that you would use to describe her. No. Like strong. No, most people think she's a badass. And yeah. Quirky is Maria Bamford. Yeah. Amanda Knox is, uh, she's quirky, but in a way, and I'm just, this is an armchair psychologist here speaking. Uh Uh-huh. She doesn't seem to read uh, social cues. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, she seems capable of doing or saying kind of anything. Like if you, if she were your date, say I was dating her and I brought her to a party, it might feel a little little like I have a loose cannon with me. Yeah. You would never be able to just drink a beer and go to the other side of the room because you're like, I don't know what the hell she's saying. (laughs) You can't leave her alone for a second. And she's saying that about me. <laughs> I can't. I don't know what the hell she's saying. Oh, so the 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 town was called Perugia. Perugia, mm. a tiny town. <laughs> By the way, it is hard not to talk like that when you watch this film, because of the yalla talk like that. Yes, they really uh-huh. do. Uh, I've been mm. to Italy several times, and every time I go, I start talking like that, and it drives my daughter nuts because it's not cute or funny stephanie's father does that (laughs) with anybody with an accent he starts talking like them to them when he's ordering chinese food when he's getting directions from somebody at 7-eleven when he's (laughs) when he's talking to anybody he just starts taking on their uh accent wow it's not as um charming as as one might think it's <laughs> i find it char- i find i find her father so amusing mm-hmm. i don't know is stephanie is, <laughs> as amused. I, I don't know how she feels about <laughs> her dad's accent switching to whoever he's talking to Especially when they're speaking in broken English. Yeah, that's that's when it's really funny. That's when it feels offensive. Although he's just trying to connect with that person and say, I don't even know that it's that he's even trying to connect. He's just um, just taking on their accent. Just happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay, so Amanda falls in love with Raphael, this sweet Mm -hmm. little Italian Mm -hmm. guy. They start uh, having. A lot of sex, I guess it sounds like, which is a weird, it's weird that it's part of the story because, I mean, aren't all 20-year-olds having a lot of sex? I don't know, Cheryl. I think so. So, um, so they're having sex and it was very sweet because these two fell in love and, and Raphael is also in this documentary, which is mm-hmm. amazing because he's talking and th- this is Raphael talking about meeting Amanda. I went to a classical music concert and there was this girl alone. She was very, very pretty. And when I looked at her, she looked at me back. I was that so shy that even if she looked at me and she smiled at me, I was turning back and said, is she looking at somebody on my back? (laughs) It was not, it was me. I showed her a beautiful panorama of Perugia which for me was very romantic and I had my heart beating so fast, like, uh, you know, like, uh, oh, there's the romance now. <laughs> and uh, I kissed her. And we went to home. I started to smoke to try to prepare a joint or something like that, but then we thought about 
something different. And the night closed with the happy ending. <laughs> By the way, in the documentary, there are subtitles when he talks because his accent is so thick. But it sure is. I have never described the date as uh, it goes with a, a happy ending. But I guess we know it. I mean, we know what that means, right? Sounds like they had a good time. <laughs> I mean, he's... Sounds like the night closed. He's so, he's so sweet the way he talks. Just to hear them talk. and they're, It's very sweet. And then the next thing you know, because a happy ending, usually you think of like a... <laughs> An, a sort of dirty massage We where they're massaging you and then they jerk the guy off. That's a happy ending, right? I mean, it depends on what you're looking for. If somebody said, do you want a happy ending, what would you... Th- I would say I would like a massage um, where you're rubbing my shoulders for an hour and then I would like to go home. That would be a happy ending. That would be a very happy ending. By the me. way, I went to a massage. I could actually get my head massaged for an hour, no problem. Uh, okay. I w- you went where? I went. I was in Vegas. I was at a very um, upscale hotel. I was getting okay. a massage, and this guy, he was like going into territories. I was just like, okay, now I'm not relaxed because he. What territory? Well, let's say if you're massaging someone's thighs. And you were going uh-huh. like uh, towards the knee. No. Oh. Mm-mm. oh. <laughs> towards my knee. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. You have. <laughs> anyway, he said to he. And he said, "How how are you feeling?" And I said, "Uh, good." And he goes, "I can I can make you feel great." And I was like, "Oh my god, he's." And did you say okay? I said, "No, no, I'm I'm already great. Let's just keep it." A- where we are but then i heard later yes that guy has a reputation that hotel had a reputation and there was a guy and he would come to beverly hills and do it too anyway we're sidetracked Um, how long ago was this this was this was like eight years ago okay listen eight years ago today (laughs) today is the anniversary of my (laughs) almost happy ending (laughs) massage Okay. okay, listen. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. Listen, getting back to Amanda Knox. So she so she and Raphael are mm. having this romance. She's staying at his house, at his apartment all the time. She goes home in the morning. And there's poop in the toilet. There's poop in the toilet where she felt like, oh, that's strange. Which, by the way, I was glad that she felt like that was strange. Because I, if you live with boys, I've... I've seen it, but I've seen poop before. Yeah, that they, you know, we don't need to talk about it. But the but the point is, if two girls live together, that's a red flag. If two guys live together and he and a guy walked in, and there's poop in the toilet. They'd be like, ugh, okay, right? I guess, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone's gonna be thrilled to see it. <laughs> no, you know. And it's a weird. By the way, if you're going in to murder somebody. And you do poop in the toilet? Why wouldn't you flush it? This is well. This is I mean, the, one of one of the weird things about this case. Why would you do any of the stuff that you've done? You it's, know, here's the thing. Maybe he 
that maybe whoever did this, male or female, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people get nervous. Yeah. And then they poop. A nervous stomach. Okay, it happens. Yeah, because they got nervous because they killed somebody. But they can't flush it? Well, they're not thinking. I mean, you would think you know? that it would be like, I don't want to leave a trace behind, except a lot of poop. Do people find killers? Do they trace them back through their poop? I think you can. because I mean, I would imagine there's DNA in your poop. I'm no expert, once again. I can get back to you on okay. that, but I would think there has to be. You can be traced back. Mm-hmm. To a murder. Okay, so she sees poop. So she sees poop in the toilet. She sees a little bit of blood in the sink, and she's like, "Okay." And then there was more on the floor. There was blood on the floor. Yeah, and so she's yeah. like, "Huh?" So she dries her hair, and then she tries to check on her roommate. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And she's not answering her her bedroom door, and now she's starting to get concerned. So she gets Raphael. And he tries to break down the door. And he can't. I know. Which... That must have been... Humiliating? Potentially emasculating? Listen, if you're trying to break down the door, don't you try to kick as hard as you can where the doorknob is to try to break that? Well, I've never done it, but I would assume. I haven't done it either, but I'm ready to. I know how to do it. When she can't get in there... Yeah. And she's like... You got to come do it. Yeah. And then he can't. Yeah. Then what do you do? Well, you pull yourself together. It's not about Call his masculinity. Yeah. And he calls the police, which was good. I'm not saying it takes away from his masculinity. I feel like you I did just say could that. Imagine. I'm wondering if, if it, it did. felt like that in the moment. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't care if a guy can kick a door down or not. That's not what I'm looking for in a man. I would like a man that could that could kick it in. But but by the way, once again, all are you looking for a man that could kick it in? No, I know my, for sure my husband could kick in a door. I've never seen yeah, him do it, seems... but I've seen him do things. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Cheryl Hines has in fact seen her husband do things. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. <laughs> okay, listen. So they call the police. Uh-huh. The police come. And it's a big deal. They do break in, kick down the door. What if nobody was able to kick that door? And it was just like, oh, could not. let's call it a day, you guys. Oh, nobody can get this door <laughs> knocked down. I mean, this is, of course, the very sad Ciao. part. Uh-huh. Is yeah. that Meredith Kircher, oh, who was 22, yeah. so she was found dead in her room. Um, and there was a lot of blood in her throat had been um, cut. So it was just horrifying and... Mm-hmm. People were, you know, they were surprised. They were overwhelmed. There was, everybody was grieving. They couldn't believe this happened in this little town. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Amanda and Raphael, I guess somebody took a video of them kissing, but it wasn't making out. It wasn't like a make out. It was like a little, 
affectionate kind of kissing yeah, and but the italians did not like that it did seem odd it did seem odd but they were young uh-huh. i'm sure they didn't think that people were watching them yeah uh yeah amanda didn't really know meredith that well they'd only been roommates for three weeks or something right i mean not that that's still not hideous and terrible of course but i'm sure you know nobody knows how they're going to react when a tragedy happens Mm-mm. you think that you're going to react in in some way but you don't know yeah and it's easy to project how you would react yeah I feel like I would be throwing up. I know. Outside. I think I would be I feel like sick to my stomach yeah. and having to sit down. But you know, I mean if you go into shock, then you wouldn't be. Mhm. Sometimes people go into shock and it's they're very calm. Right. So then there was a guy who uh Giuliano? Yeah. Yeah. He's the lead prosecutor. <laughs> Was is he the one? He's the one that um, started investigating and trying to see what was on. And okay, let me ask Smoked you. Smoked a pipe. Uh, was into Sherlock Holmes. Yes. So he says he would love Sherlock Holmes, and then uh. twenty minutes later, you see him smoking a pipe. <laughs> it just seemed like it's like a was, child. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Did the director give him a pipe? No, because this was like footage from eight years ago. It was just beyond. Yeah. So they couldn't figure out who had killed Meredith. But Giuliano, he's starting to really have his eye on Amanda Knox. Yeah. Yeah. He felt her behavior was a little too quirky. (laughs) He didn't like that that she was uh, kissing Raphael. Mm Mm-hmm. Why were they so angry at Amanda? It's I don't know, but I mean, I have to admit, I I got sucked in by it when the when the news was out in the world and watching the beginning of the documentary. I was just like, oh yeah, she is up to something. You know what? It's that mob mentality. It's that just the slant in in media and and it can kind of suck you in. And to be fair, I was not there. I am Italian, but I hmm. was not. You were not there. A notaro. Yeah, Uh-oh. I was not there. Uh-huh. And, um, so you don't know exactly what happened. But I you, don't know exactly. I'm you, just... uh, you were listening to Nick Pisa, mm-hmm. the, uh, the guy from the Daily Mail. Who I enjoyed was... listening to him talk. Oh, my God. This guy. <laughs> Who's being interviewed in uh, this documentary? Yeah, is beyond. Is beyond. Uh huh. He he's a good-looking guy, uh-huh. this British guy, and he goes to um, Perugia to cover this case, and um, he starts releasing these headlines and these stories about this case. Making it very sexy. Yes, saying that it was a sex uh, crime and that, oh, here's what happened. Uh, Amanda and Raphael. Oh, and then they were saying this other guy. What was his name? That they all got together 
and they wanted Meredith to do sexual things because Amanda was telling them and Meredith didn't want to go along with it. So Amanda told the guys to do stuff and then Amanda killed Meredith. And the crazy part of the story is they released that story mm-hmm. and people as truth believed it, went along with it, and that was the beginning of the end of of Amanda and Raphael as innocent people. And it crossed. Now it's crossed over to the U.S., to different countries. Now it's like worldwide news. When Giuliano is talking about how Meredith potentially, like his story, what he gathered together was that Meredith came home and saw Amanda Knox home with all these men. And that Meredith didn't approve Mm. of Amanda's lifestyle and having all of these men over, that that's what got it going. It's it's such a weird thing to interject what was said. It's like absurd. absurd. You don't know what was said, (laughs) you ridiculous person. There's a cartoon created to reenact this moment that. Nobody knows except Amanda Knox. I'm sure she was just rolling her eyes beyond belief when he's saying that Meredith came home and was um, judgmental about her. uh... (laughs) Well, it would be hard if somebody accused you of murder and then they came up with a crazy story like that would be hard to even be appalled by it because it's so ridiculous. You would Mm -hmm. feel like, okay. All right, guys, that's crazy. Okay, yeah, my roommate came home and said, your morals are out of line here. Yeah. And um, what are you, smoking pot and hooking up with several guys at once? I mean, I guess, I don't, obviously didn't know Meredith. Again, we don't know what what happened, but it just seemed so ridiculous when Giuliano went into that explanation and then we had to watch the cartoon version of it happen. I know. Okay, wait. You want to hear um, Nick Pisa of the Daily Mail of describe the story? Okay, here's Nick, your boyfriend. No. A murder always gets people going. Bit of intrigue, bit of mystery, a whodunit. And we have, yeah, this beautiful picturesque hilltop town in the middle of Italy. It was a particularly gruesome murder, throat slit, semi-naked, blood everywhere. This guy's thrilled. What more do you want in a a story? I mean, all you're missing is maybe, I don't know, the royal family and the Pope or something like that as well. The Pope? I like what what more do you want? He was so... Oh my, he was giddy. He was giddy. He was so excited. Okay. By the way, I think Nick takes this documentary to a to another level uh-huh. where it, it is just a spotlight on how the media can steer a case. Mm-hmm. And what's great about Nick is he is more than happy to take the credit for that mm-hmm. <laughs> because he was so excited to see his name and all these headlines and these stories that he was, it didn't really seem to matter what the truth was. I just feel like he should be um, hosting he should be a show. Yeah. yeah. I mean, with that face and that voice and yeah. just. His suit is immaculate. It's like yeah. perfectly fitted. He's My in great boyfriend. Shape. Oh. You're, <laughs> listen to you. 
Um, yeah, but he's on a human level just a little too excited by this and yeah. too willing to push it to yes a particular place. Because he seems like he was part of the movement that started calling her Foxy Noxy. Yeah. So he was... I mean, to be fair, yeah. I started that even before this murder happened. Yes. I thought you didn't know her. I didn't, but I came across her on MySpace. That was another funny thing <laughs> to see a MySpace page. Foxy no- <laughs> Noxy on MySpace. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Okay, so now it gets crazy because the police are so... They really want it to be Amanda Knox. They want Amanda Knox to be the murderer. Mm-hmm. That when they they took in Raphael, mm-hmm. and they basically said, she did it, right? She did it, she did it. Till he finally said, yeah, I think she did it. <laughs> and then they took her, and they were like, well, you did it, you did it, right? You did it. And they were physical with her. and Slapped her uh, on the head. Yeah, and then she she had a job. She was a bartender. This really seemingly nice guy, Patrick Lamumba, owned the bar, gave her a job. Mm-hmm. She told her, texted her she did not have to work that night. And then for whatever reason, because she was being manipulated and, you know, interrogated, she said, oh, it must have been Patrick. That was a weird thing. Turn. Yeah. Why? Why? Why would she say it? Maybe I just don't understand being interrogated because I've it's my understanding that when you are interrogated, you do sometimes start to think you did it or you right. do. I guess you do start saying crazy things because you just and, want it to end. Yeah. And, or you start to feel crazy and like you've right. blacked out or forgotten something. Right. And um, so I guess that's how something like that happens but i know um, it's hard to understand that because you also don't know what the interrogation was that was teeing her up to say that exactly right there's so much again that we don't know but it did feel a little it made you not like her Mm -hmm. and it made you think well i mean there were other things where she didn't seem totally suited for my best friend or spouse but even in that moment I thought that is crazy however I have heard interrogation of that happening yes where people right where people confess to a murder they didn't do yeah I mean look at the um Central Park Five Mm -hmm. I mean that is awful it is awful so anyway they they arrest Patrick they arrest Raphael and they arrest Amanda Mm mm-hmm and uh, and then at some point, they released the Italy Patrick. three. <laughs> the the uh, what's the name? Perugia. The Perugia three. The Perugia three. But then they let Patrick go because mm-hmm. they realized pretty quickly he had this guy had nothing to do. <laughs> he was like minding his own beeswax. Yeah. They gets arrested for murder. It's like, oh, so, so then this is why. The Italians hated Amanda. So they're listening to all of her calls. They're listening to everything she does. Because mm-hmm. she's now she's arrested. And there was a call from a friend of hers comforting Amanda. Let's hear it. Pronto? 
Amanda, it's Brett. What are you doing? I'm just about to head home from uh, one of Raphael's friends' places. So is Raphael like your like boyfriend? Yeah. He's super hot. I'll send you a picture. Do it now. Do it now. Amanda, I miss us so much. Yeah, I know. I had a really bad day today. Fuck, man. Like, being in the police station, I'm incredibly nervous, and I always feel like I'm about to burst into crying because I'm just, like, so upset. But, um, like, I feel good now. Oh, honey. Don't worry about it. Remember, when that happens, go, wait, I'm in Italy, and I'm with Raphael. (laughs) And I'm 20, and I'm going to look back on this year as, like, the best year of my life. Huh? I Where is that friend now? <laughs> I don't know. Who else is she giving advice to? <laughs> that She's not the best advice giver. I can't imagine. Let's say you. this is our story. God forbid. Okay. God, it's please go, forbid this. Yes. it's not. This is not what's going to happen, but go ahead. If you were accused of murder... Okay. I would not <laughs> be telling you, don't worry. You are with Bobby and you are in Italy. <laughs> this is going to be the best year of your life. No, I know you're being interrogated and they think you did it. But by but the way, somebody already Bobby. died. <laughs> somebody already died. I know. Like, that's how a- could this be the best year, regardless of. What happens to her? It's like, how and I don't this... even feel like you can blame it on her being twenty. Her friend being twenty. It, it's no. It's that's... so disconnected. Yeah. Picture Amanda mm-hmm. being interrogated. Picture her in the courtroom and everything coming down on her. And then picture her face lighting up because she remembers she is in <laughs> Italy and she is with Raphael, and this is gonna be the best year of her life. <laughs> And she's 20. <laughs> but I mean, really. It That's was insane. weird advice. Though, you know, so these poor Perusians were like, this girl just got away with murder. Mm-hmm. And her friend is so happy for her. Yeah. She didn't do herself any favors. <laughs> Mm-mm. By reacting the way she reacted. And yeah, I mean, listen, if you said to me, this is going to be the best year of your life. It seems like even if I was 20, I'd say, let me just stop you right there. Uh-huh. Somebody's um, dead. So, somebody's My roommate's dead. throat was slashed. And I and I saw it. And it's going to be a rough few decades, likely. Yeah. Right, right. You would stop it down. There was poop in the toilet. There was blood around the house. I mean, here's my question to you. Yes. Have you ever walked into a house or an apartment yes. and something weird had happened in there and you can feel it immediately? Yeah, I think so. What what experience have you had? It sounds like oh. you've had an experience where you well, walked in. Well, I was going out with a guy who cheated on me and I had a key to his apartment. And when I walked in... Did he in, cheat once or was did you find out he was cheating I for a while? found out... He, I thought it was just once. We got back together. He begged me, oh, please, get back yeah. together with me. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. And then he did it again. So I was like, what? He cheated uh, on you again? Yes. He must be kicking himself when he sees you on I Can See Your Voice. 
He must oh, I'm be sure like he is. There she is. The one that got away. Do you hear from him ever? I have. But not not now. But yes, I think I think he's listening to this episode. <laughs> but the point is, as soon as I walked into his apartment, I felt like, whoa, something weird has happened in this apartment. Something kinky. And that was just sex. Yeah. I mean, imagine if somebody was murdered and still in the Wait, room. Wait, you got the vibe before you knew he cheated on you the first oh, time? Oh, yeah. You walked in and you thought, I uh, was like, I called my friend because I said, oh, wow, I should leave because there's something weird happened. Okay. And she's like, let's not get crazy. You don't know this for sure. Don't You're being typical Cheryl mm-hmm. nutso. Yeah. And uh, turned out, listen, we're going down a, a path. We've got to get back on Amanda. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it just seems weird to me, once again, that she doesn't have the texture in her personality to mm-hmm. be able to read or feel. Well, yeah, you're at the party with her and she takes a phone call. And you're still in that situation of, I don't know what she's saying on that call. (laughs) (laughs) You know, somebody's like, oh, your date, Amanda, just took a call. And you're like, oh, God. God, who's she talking to? What is she saying? Talking so loudly that everybody can hear everything she's saying. That's our Amanda. Classic Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to break it down again. In in a quicker Have you way. broken it down yet? I I said I was going to at the beginning, oh, but okay. I don't know that I I don't know that it was ever properly broken. Okay. Down. All right. This guy Rudy, mm-hmm. Herman Gude, I don't know. Um, he was in the apartment. He had a record for a, being a serial burglar. Mm-hmm. His DNA was everywhere. Uh-huh. They arrested him. Because they were like, wow, this guy really was at the scene. He said he was at the scene of the crime. His DNA. And they still would not let Amanda Amanda and Raphael go. Yeah. They were in prison for four years, uh, found guilty, and then they were acquitted. Mm -hmm. She went back to, she came back to the U.S. And then six years after the murder... The Italian court finds Amanda and Raphael guilty again. What? Corruption. Cuckoo. I don't understand it. And then? And then, uh, and then the Italian Supreme Court takes up the case eight years after the murder, and they were re-acquitted. Mm-hmm. So now Amanda can have a normal life? The end the end anyway i'm very ashamed to say that when i thought i knew this situation in this case i realized i was very caught up in the media of it all and to see the the other guy's dna all over the apartment and not hers in that room i was very ashamed of myself because I feel like if somebody would have asked me about Amanda Knox, I feel like I'm a very typical example of somebody that would say, Oh yeah, she killed her roommate. That's, I think a lot of people say that. I think that's what they think she is. Well, I think that's why this documentary was so 
powerful and great. But why is it that aside from, which I understand you want answers, but why was Meredith's family so convinced that... It was Amanda. Yeah, that's what confused me. If, if, and again, who knows how I would act. You know, if somebody killed my loved one as an armchair, whatever I am. Mm-hmm. Podcaster? No, I'm an actual podcaster. No. Oh, okay. Armchair, but, um, psychiatrist? Attorney? Whatever it is. Okay, it doesn't matter. I Don't feel like it. the DNA would be so much. Can I tell you? Can I tell you why? Okay. Because people, and you probably know this. I don't. I don't know if you do or not. But if you've ever had anybody in your life that either you lost to suicide or mm-hmm. has been murdered mm-hmm. randomly, mm-hmm. you want a reason why. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to make it make sense, mm-hmm. and it doesn't make sense that this guy Rudy would break into her apartment and and do these horrible things. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense and it never will. Mm-hmm. So, But when, why does it make sense about Amanda? Well, because it's a story that you can understand. Oh, this this foreigner came to our to to Italy and she was this and that and she got caught up and she uh, but still, ha- it would make sense more so to me, I think, that a guy that is burglarizing the town would break in. And I'm picturing Meredith screaming when, you know, if somebody came through the window, maybe she's screaming so uncontrollably that this guy maybe had no intention of killing her, but just. So one thing led to another. Shut it. You know? Well, to me, that would make so much more sense. And I would. I know, but you just got through saying you were believing the hype of the media and you wanted to, and you were interested in the story. I was, but as soon as the DNA and the evidence was presented in the way that it it was, it would be hard for me to go back and say, I don't know. I still feel like it was Amanda and Raphael. Right. Yeah, just these quirky, quirky, awkward youngsters. Yeah, I never believed that Amanda Knox did this because, and I'm generalizing, but it is my experience as a person, and I've lived a very long time. Uh, women are not hardwired to murder, but people. they do. You can't once you're being once, one of those people that you're like, oh, look at her bone structure. She she's no, not I'm not. Of I'm me. saying I'm saying look at women in general. If you and turn I do. on the news, <laughs> if you turn on the news and they said, oh, some there was a body found in somebody's trunk of their car, you don't go, ah, oh, what did she do this time? It's almost always. <laughs> what did she do this time? <laughs> always and i'm generalizing but for good reason it's always a guy guys most of the I don't time know yes. what's going on in their brains that uh-huh. make them hormones or genetic or testosterone or something that that snaps i just it's hard to imagine a woman a 20 year old girl cutting somebody's throat. i'm on your it's side i don't beyond. i don't i don't think it's a typical case where you you have to 
you know, keep an eye on, on these women snapping. But I mean, isn't there a show called Snapped? Where yeah, but, women snap and they start Yeah, but that's because their husbands have she, done horrible things. Sure. Yeah. I anyway. just, I, I'm taking responsibility, saying I'm ashamed of myself. I believed mm -hmm. the slant in the media to the point where, this is so embarrassing. I think it's I've okay. seen this documentary before. And I still, two years later, would have said, oh, yeah, didn't she murder her roommate? <laughs> completely forgot all <gasps> oh we've got oh. to say we've got to say one thing yes although it is a spoiler but this whole show is a spoiler <laughs> just to show you how crazy the italians were while she was in prison mm -hmm. they told her they did a blood test and told her what that she was hiv positive yeah and was she no why did the Italians do that, Tig? They are corrupt. I've oh. told you this repeatedly <laughs> in this podcast, and you keep coming back to me with no memory. There's a lot of corruption in that country. But that's like a psychological... That's not even like, oh, I was speeding and I paid off the cop. This is like a lot of people involved in psychologically torturing a 20-year-old girl. Well, I think it shows you how people feel about Americans. Yeah. They'll go to yeah. great lengths <laughs> to... They don't like them. I don't think we're putting our best foot forward. Mm -hmm. And I think it's time to make a change. Oh. All right? I so think let's, so. Let's, take, let's yeah. use that let's, as our takeaway. Yes. So I'm I'm kind of excited and getting used to this new me where I'm going to be going out, stepping out into the world with a mask on yes. and saying, Amanda Knox, I believe, is innocent. I'm so happy to hear you say that. And I, I wouldn't have said that this morning. I was about to do this podcast so irresponsibly without <laughs> re-watching it. And just saying, I did, yeah, I'm, I'm the astounded. girl that killed the... Yeah, the other girl. Been, yeah. yeah, she killed a roommate. <laughs> it's terrible. I mean, would you change your name if you were Amanda Knox? I think it, I think I would change my name. Here's what I would do. Mm. I would change my name. Yeah. I would also get a mustache mm -hmm. tattoo on my finger, <laughs> and I would put it over my top lip, and I would I uh, <clears throat> oh. <laughs> What's that? I mean, that just goes along with her the personality. <laughs> the quirkiness. Well, yeah. She might actually do it. We don't know. But it's such a great moment where she could get an awesome new hairstyle and right. new clothes. Right. And maybe lose a lot of weight or maybe gain a lot of weight. She would have to gain a lot of weight because she's very thin. Right. But it would be... That would be the positive to me if I were Amanda Knox. I would wow. be like, oh, my. that's kind of what the pandemic's been to me because one of my biggest fantasies has been to cut my own hair. And I thought I would have to go. Don't look at my hair. I thought I would have to go to a deserted island mm. Mm. and spend, you know, three months there. When your give hair myself was... a, while, while my hair's growing back. Oh, well, it's know? growing back. Yeah, that I would cut it. Just to see what it feels like, because it's really freeing to cut mm -hmm. your own hair. 
And I've started doing it in the pandemic. And then I realized, oh, it doesn't even look that crazy. So I don't have to go to a deserted island. Wow. But if I were Amanda Knox, I would be thinking, okay, I am going to gain 300 pounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or I would lose 300 pounds. No. What could she lose? Maybe 25? She can't lose anything. Did you see her? She can't. But but she could get crash diets, hardcore, or shave or her Kardashian butt or get implants? pigtails, Kardashian implants. You mean like in her bottom? Yeah, she could do that. She I mean, it might so be a fat transfer. Things. She but she would need to be be be. But this is the time to do it. Yeah, this is the time. You to know, do it. I can't do that right now. I can't just appear after the pandemic come out a new person you can't you're obligated to look the way that you look yes it's it's my money maker yeah okay can't you cannot ruin that i can don't Mm -mm. start laughing but (laughs) if i were amanda knox that's what i would do you'd switch it up yeah okay shall we move to our final thoughts yes it's time for happily ever after thoughts Let's where we give our have final? a different delivery. <laughs> that was so depressing. It's time for happily ever after thoughts, where we give our final thoughts on this week's documentary. Tig, would you yeah. recommend this documentary? I would. To whom? I would say anybody that is at all familiar with this case, and if you think that she's guilty, and you really got caught up in the the media of it all yeah i I just think it's so interesting and i think the documentary tees it up in a way where you if you do think she's guilty you're out of the gate thinking look at this psychopath yeah you know look at this quirky weirdo that killed somebody (laughs) and then you take this sharp turn and go oh her dna isn't anywhere would you recommend it I would. Mm-hmm. I would recommend this to everybody I know. Mm-hmm. Just because it's such, it's, I think it's such a commentary on human nature. Like you're saying, you really get caught up in what people are saying and how they're delivering it mm-hmm. to you, where you feel like, oh, then I guess that's what happened. Because mm-hmm. the handsome guy in the suit just told me that's what happened. Right. Gosh, you like him. Interesting. <laughs> He's your boyfriend. I wouldn't take him away from you. Um, What's your biggest unanswered question? Well, I guess the unanswered question, even though I have many, is that knife did end up at Raphael's house that had traces of DNA, Meredith's and Amanda's DNA. Okay. One was... Were you watching this documentary? Yes. They talked? I know. There was... But what? But why couldn't that be that Amanda chopped an onion with that knife at Raphael's house? It seems crazy. But didn't it... What I thought I was watching the documentary. Do not talk to me <laughs> like that on this documentary. I thought the knife came from her house and ended up at his house. Why is a knife traveling I don't in think five that's right. days? I don't think that's right. I think they went to his house and just started looking through all the knives. Okay. And they found one that, that was like, oh, maybe it was this one. Uh-huh. Okay. And then they checked it for DNA, and Amanda's DNA was on it, and a trace of Meredith's, and then later a different professional DNA 
mm-hmm. person came in and said, oh, yeah, they must have been checking other DNA samples that day because this is such a small trace. It must be from another sample. Okay. I, and I thought it happened. was her knife and that it traveled to his place within the five days they were dating. Oh. And that's yeah, that would be weird. When I thought, give hey. me some information there. All right. Well, now that's answered for you. And then who would you invite for dinner? I would invite Amanda because I saw she's got cooking skills. However, she's a meat eater. (laughs) Why were they showing her doing the meatballs? They're trying to sell meatball (laughs) because she was in Italy and she ate the meatball. But... It, it, that was part of it, setting her up. And I thought, oh, wow, she's guilty. And she doesn't realize that the directors are setting her up to look even more guilty. With the handling of raw meat. Yes, yes, and chopping, mm. you know. Maybe the documentarian this time. I was very impressed with how they laid it all out. Yeah, how it was they, good. It was really good. Uh, one more thing before we go, Cheryl. Okay, tell it. This is a segment that we're going to start calling True Fan Mail. Do you like the name? I do. Great. Let's stick with it. This week, we're featuring some of the messages we received from you all about the staircase, specifically the owl theory of the murder. Mm. Our first message is from Carol in Oregon. Subject line, Tig is wrong about the owl. (laughs) Jesus, Carol. (laughs) Carol writes, I live in a small town in Oregon and an owl, don't know what kind, flew at my daughter one night as she was walking home from work. This is about one year ago. That doesn't seem to really blow your theory. Carol rests her case. (laughs) Carol in Oregon rests her case. She also linked to a Rachel Maddow interview about owl attacks but that i'm carol i don't want to lose you as a listener i don't want to lose you carol sit back down you're acting crazy just sit down whoa yeah stay out of it cheryl this is between me and carol carol and <laughs> okay, do, you want, do you want to hear one from daniel sure but i just want to finish what i'm saying to carol oh, in oregon please oh i thought you already told her to sit down well because i'm about to tell her something <laughs> I need her to stop walking away. Carol, sit back down. Cheryl didn't know it was happening. Just because, and I'm sorry an owl flew at your daughter, but that sadly does not make me say or think, okay, what's his face is innocent. I can't possibly with a straight face say, well, An owl did fly at Carol in Oregon's daughter a year ago. So he's probably innocent. I just can't, Carol. Please continue listening to the show. We love you, Carol. Cheryl, go ahead. This one's from Daniel. And the subject line says, I'm with Cheryl about the owl. I need to tell you, though, about the owl theory. Cheryl is, this is in all caps, absolutely right to believe the owl theory the fact that microscopic owl feathers were found in the cuts on top of her head is absolutely proof of the murder weapon imagine if there had been little shards of brass that were perfectly distinctive to blow pokes then tig would have justified 
would be justified in condemning Michael Peterson. <laughs> that was his name. Well, yeah, what's his face? However, we all know there were owl feathers in the weird triangular trident shaped cuts on her head that were perfectly matched to the shape of the owl talons. One thing Cheryl didn't mention is that there have been recorded barred owl attacks on humans right on the head. Once again, this is in all caps. The feathers are the proof. Okay. Now, Daniel, I need you to sit down too. How do you explain the other woman in Michael Peterson's life that fell down the stairs and died? Coincidence. Thank you for writing in, Daniel. Please continue to write in. We enjoy getting your emails. We read them all. And uh, maybe we'll read one of yours in the future, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe That's right. we could also, people have been reviewing the podcast. Maybe we could uh, read some reviews or some uh, social media comments, mm-hmm. Instagram comment. In fact, right here from Lady Gray 74 she writes, I am from Durham where this happened. My friend lived in their neighborhood at the same time of the murder in Forest Hills. I kid you not, I saw three owls in one night. So the owl, I'm just saying, it sounds like people have seen owls. Not only have they seen owls, but they've seen aggressive owls. But I they... continue to go back to if the first wife that was died on the stairs even her aside if i walked in saw someone in a pool of blood Mm -hmm. i would think there was a murderer in the house i would not think somebody fell down the stairs and Mm. to your point that you made during the staircase episode i didn't even think about this you said you would never hang up the phone with 911 you would say what do i do to keep this person alive you know Right. He said, just hurry. And hung up. (laughs) (laughs) That was a crazy one. Oh, boy. Well, anyway, yes, we love hearing your comments, your thoughts. Yeah, keep letting us know what you think uh, about the docs and uh, leave us a review and um, whatever, whatever makes you happy. Just communicate. Just please keep the lines of communication open with us. That's right. Do you have anything to plug, Cheryl? Uh, I can see your voice. Yes. And you can watch um, all the seasons of Curb on HBO Max. And we're we're shooting another season um, right now. So that's exciting. That's awesome. How about you? How about you? The new season of Star Trek Discovery has started. Um, Jet Reno, Commander Jet Reno is back. And um, I also have another podcast called Don't Ask Tig. And... We've been on hiatus for a couple of weeks. We're coming back. I can't tell you yet who is going to be on this new season, but it is (laughs) truly some of the biggest names out there. Hmm. Okay? Okay. Check out Don't Ask Tig wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. Should we do it again? Yeah, let's do it again. Great. I'll see you very soon. Can't wait. 
Tig and Cheryl True Story is hosted by me, Cheryl Hines, and Tig Nataro. It's produced by Gabby Kobazich and Thomas Willett. Audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willett with music by David Sessons. And special thanks to Patrick McDonald and Stephanie Allen. Follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. And you can email us at Tig and Cheryl True Story at gmail.com. Next week, we will be talking about My Octopus Teacher. That was a HeadGum Podcast.